Welcome to another episode of How to Blank in 15 Minutes. I am one of your hosts, Chantelle Amy Osmond. I am here with your other host, Brian Young. And today we're going to be talking about how to build suspense in 15 minutes. See that? Waiting for me to talk? It's building suspense. (laughs) Okay, episode over. I think we learned our lesson, yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I think... Building suspense is one of those things that's really hard sometimes in writing, and sometimes you have to approach it in different ways. And sometimes building suspense, uh, it, it's it's almost always information that the reader has that the characters don't, I think. And I think this is best explained by Hitchcock's analogy of uh, surprise versus suspense. You're familiar with this, yes, Chantel? Yes. So the idea is, you know, Hitchcock was explaining this and he says, you know, you and I are talking here and you, those of you who are listening, if a bomb were to go off just in the middle of us talking, that would be surprising. And you would have a few minutes of having to think about what happened, what the ramifications were, what the consequences of that were, and then how everybody's, how the story and the thread is going to pick up afterward. And that surprise is very important. Um, suspense is, is if someone got on before the podcast started and told you there's a bomb under one of their desks and it's going to go off at some point during the podcast and you listen to the podcast at that point, that's suspense and that you're wondering the whole time, when is that bomb going to go off? And a lot of times when you're building suspense in your stories, those bombs are literal, uh, or metaphorical, right? I want to say that, that managing what the reader understands is really the key to that though. And what they know and what the characters don't know. Um, I think a really great example of that in building suspense in the narrative and what consequences are going to be for characters that they don't know what the consequences are would be how George R. R. Martin built um, a song of ice and fire, right? Where you have each character from their own different point of view and their understanding of the story, but you as the reader see all of those from a global perspective. And you can say, oh, when this character comes into a scene with that character, because you have the context that the characters don't, you see the suspense of what fireworks are going to happen when they interact. And I think at its very core, that's really how you need to think about suspense is managing what information the audience knows and how you keep some of that information from the characters and they blunder into situations that the, the reader knows there's going to be some sort of mousetrap sprung. I, I think it's, um, I, I think another way to describe it is also kind of withholding information. Um, and it's not just always, you know, the reader knows something that the character doesn't, it can honestly be just the opposite. And I mean, it's, it's kind of how, um, you know, it, very similar to the Hitchcock example is the, you know, Humpty Dumpty example, which determines the difference between a thriller and a novel of suspense. Um, One is the um, Humpty Dumpty has already fallen down and uh, it it is the protagonist's, you know, job to figure out, you know, who pushed him, why. Um, And in the alternate example, it's, you know, he, you know, he's about to be pushed um, and you have to prevent it. 
So some of those pieces of information the reader can have and some of the pieces of information a character can have because um, it's not so much going, okay, they don't know they have bombs under their desks, which is very suspenseful. Um, but also if one of the characters knows but doesn't tell the reader, so to speak, that creates an entirely different level of suspense to the reader. Do you want to... Uh scold me if i go into a casablanca no never um okay there are some people who do because uh the idea that like break down the story of casablanca and think about the paris flashback sequence and if you put that at the beginning of the movie and tell people that information about the nature of the relationship between rick and ilsa and what his character was like before he gets to casablanca there is no suspense through the course of the the first act of that movie we in in the way it's written the way it appears on screen we see a number of rules being established for rick and we see that he's a very hard person and he's very closed off and keeps everyone at arm's length and has no emotion and remains completely neutral even on the issue of nazis which is not advisable (laughs) and As Ilsa arrives, he slowly starts breaking every one of those rules. And the suspense in that sequence is the audience going, why is he he doing doing that? Yeah. Why is he doing these things? Why is he breaking his rules? And then we get the Paris flashback sequence, and that gives us some catharsis and understanding. But if we were to tell that story linearly, it would rob all of that suspense from the story. And if you notice in Casablanca, that's literally the only scene. That's the only sequence that's told out of order. And it's because the narrative works better by having built that suspense. And it's from withholding information from the audience in that way that you're talking about, where we don't know what is going on with Rick. We don't understand why that is working that way. And then when we get an answer, it all makes sense. Well, and honestly, another really good example of this in a myriad of different ways is the film Jurassic Park. Um, because That's a great example just generally for anything. I know, right? Like Jurassic Park and Die Hard, if I never had to give any other examples, I know you'd die without Casablanca. But, um, but Jurassic Park has so many elements of suspense to it from the smaller to the you know larger is the dinosaur going to eat somebody question. Um, But one of my favorite um, examples to use from the movie particularly is you have, you know, everybody knows that they're going to watch a movie about dinosaurs. I mean, that that wasn't a surprise. Um, When they came in for the first time, you know, when when um, Dr. Grant, Dr. Sattler get to the island and, you know, he pulls her head up so they see the dinosaurs, that still is affecting to the audience, even though we all knew there were going to be dinosaurs. But there is also a suspense of, but how, that runs throughout that movie. But how did they do this? But how did it work? But how? And there's only so much time that the reader or the audience can ask the question before it has to be answered before they get bored or before they lose interest. So in this particular um, instance, it would be, how did they make dinosaurs, period? Where did they come from? How did this happen? And that's why they kind of go very quickly to that scene um, at the visitor center with Danny DNA, which is only, I'm gonna say what, Brian, two, three minutes on screen, if that, 
Um, they they start with that little video. kind of a ride. Yeah, well, it's a ride, right? But they start with the the Danny DNA cartoon. Mister Mister DNA. No, I thought it was Danny DNA. No, it's Mister DNA. And um, they listen to that for, oh, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds while they're sort of talking over it. And then they stop the ride and answer, run into the, the lab and ask the scientists there, Henry Wu, I know I've got that right, um, more questions. And it fills in more of the puzzle pieces. But you can build, suspense doesn't always necessarily mean tension, though it can. Suspense can also mean what's a piece of information that I need in order to fill out this puzzle. And when am I going to get it? I think what you're thinking is when at the end of that sequence, they say, bingo, dino DNA. And then maybe you just misheard it. We're, we're going to talk about this later, Brian. <laughs> well, what do you, I, I mean, like with, okay, we'll talk about it. We can watch the sequence too. Yeah, no, I'm totally Googling it right now. Um, but uh, I think one other key point for building suspense is is knowing how to skirt that line between the two. And that's not always easy. And that's where having advanced readers are really going to help. Um, there's definitely a, a like they don't even have to be writers. They can just be people who are interested in a reading. And that is useful enough as you go through your early iterations of your story. So you can say, what did you think? How did you predict things were going to go? How did this feel? How did that feel? And if your reader comes back and said like, oh, it was obvious, you know, you need to tone down some of those hints of suspense or, or ratchet it up in other ways. Or if they say like, this didn't make any sense, you know, you've gone too far, you know, one way and need to go back the other way and, and layer more hints in or layer more context in so that it builds that context um, for the reader. Um, I read a really interesting thing where you see in movies where you've always got, you know, you'll start with a car chase or an action sequence and you hear like, oh, start in media res. And it, it's a little harder in books, though. And part of it is because on the screen, you can see a car chase and it's exciting, even if you don't know any of the characters inside whatsoever. But if you're in prose and you're describing a car chase, absence of the context of the characters or any of the suspense of why this is interesting, it doesn't play as well. And so context is really one of the, the biggest key components, I would say, to building suspense. What context does the audience have or lack in order to build that suspense? And once you identify those, you're going to be able to build a really great sequence. No, I completely agree. And not to be Lysistrata about it, but I, I think, again, key to suspense is withholding and figuring out. And again, having, like you said, Brian, those those very trusted and smart readers are, are helpful at this, because I think that a lot of places where you have a, a, let's say, more boring section of your book or your screenplay or whatever it is, you can ask yourself, um, you know, or ask a reader, what what would it have helped you know, if, if somebody didn't know something here or if one of the characters, you know, had the knowledge withheld or if the reader did, you know, what can I change to make this more dynamic? Because honestly, the notion of suspense is not so much what's happening on the page as it is what's happening in the dynamic between the reader and the character. That's that's one thing I, I think it's important to remind 
authors of or writers in general, even if you're writing a screenplay, this is a two way street, right? Like no piece of like they have to participate in it. They have to participate in the story for your work of art to be complete, right? Like you can write a book and leave it there, but if no one's reading it, is it really um, fulfilling its function, right? Well, I mean, to give a really, really bad analogy um, that I use all the time, um, I, I think of writing a book like a coloring book. You're in charge of drawing those, you know, black lines on the white page, and then you hand the reader the crayons. Yeah, so, but they have to participate one way or the other. And so if they are lacking the context to make something suspenseful, it's not that they don't get it. It's not that, you know, it, it might not, I mean, maybe they don't get it maybe, but that's more rare than you didn't appropriately build the context to make them understand why they should care. Right. Like I could tell you, like you could, you could pick up a rock, right. And go like, wow, this rock looks cool and throw it off the side. But if I give you the context and say that rock was actually, uh, you know, a rune stone from the Viking times and you see these scratches and it means that it was there to cast a spell and so on. Like the more context and story you have surrounding the thing, the more invested you're going to be into it. I think that's a key component of building that suspense too, is making them invested by giving them the story. No, I, I completely agree. Um, so I, I have no idea whether this has been helpful or confusing. Um, I am absolutely dropping into our show notes this really fascinating article that I just came across, the bizarre true story of the voice of Jurassic Park's Mr. DNA. And just to bring things full circle, Brian, um, he also, the, the same man um, who voiced Mr. DNA also voiced Bugs Bunny in several cartoons after Mel Blanc died, um, including the 1995 animated short Carrot Blanca. Yep. There we go. So, you know, all comes full circle, either Casablanca or Jurassic Park. Yeah, there we go. Now we've got a tie between the two. Yep. All right. Well, um, you can find me, uh, why you'd want to, uh, online at Suspense Siren. Um, and Brian, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me online at swankmatron.com or at swankmatron on Twitter. And I have uh, a new a new book coming out this week, so or this month. So check it out. It's called A Question of Survival, and it's in the Battletech universe. Uh, also, you have a wonderful newsletter. Where could I sign up for that? Uh, also at swankmotron.com. Um, and I do want to remind everybody that we are here at the graciousness of the Pipeline Artist Network, um, which has a million um, wonderful programs, including um, writing critiques, screenwriting contests, and also um, symposia, some taught by myself and Mr. Young here. Um, and there are a series of uh, free summer programs as well. So definitely check out the Pipeline Artist Network. <laughs>